Hello and welcome to Equipped, the ministry of Trinity Baptist Church in Norman. My name is Curtis Winkle. I'm here with Ryan Polk. Hello, Ryan. Hey, man. We are here with some special guests, uh, Rick Harvey and John Kostruder here, and they teach some campus groups. There's so many opportunities to get trained around here at Trinity, and these are two we wanted to focus on today. So, uh, Ryan, I'm going to kick it to you. All right. And so uh, campus groups at Trinity are a little unique from a lot of other churches. We do something, our campus groups, you may have heard them called small groups or life groups or Sunday school traditionally, but we do a couple of different things. We have one, we have several groups that meet all the time. They're ongoing groups and anyone's welcome. You can jump in at any time. They cover a broad range of Bible topics or Bible books. But then we've incorporated over the last few years, some one-year classes. And these are groups that are designed to touch on specific topics that we think are really important. And we have three of them running right now. One is on apologetics, how to answer the hard questions of faith and defend them. Uh, one is on marriage, uh, that we really want uh, couples to, to come back and be encouraged and enriched and grow their marriage. Uh, and then one on growing in your devotion to Christ. And this is just spiritual disciplines, basic daily discipleship. And our goal is to see how many of our, we want to get as many of our members to go through each one of those uh, for a year at a time as possible. And so that's kind of how we do it. Yeah. All right. So uh, Rick, we'll start with you. Now, you've been teaching a Sunday school class of some sort for? Since Hector was a pup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know how long, but I've been in. Hey, I've Rick, help in... us out real quick. Since most of our podcast <laughs> listeners are under uh, 45 years old. Who is Hector, who is Hector and what you is know, Hector? I don't really pup? know, but it was... <laughs> 50 years ago, that was the phrase. <laughs> so that gives you a clue. You I've go. been doing right. ministry for 50 years. Very good. About. All right. So so tell us a little bit about, now your class is called Persuasive Faith. Mm -hmm. right? So tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about what you guys do in that class. Okay. Well, uh, about five years ago, Ryan came to me and asked if I would teach a class on apologetics. Uh, and after some prayer and thought, I agreed to do that. Uh, but I... I'm uncomfortable with the name or the word apologetics, not because I have a problem with it, but because a lot of people do. Okay. So I was trying to think of, you know, what's a cool name we could come up with. So <laughs> finally I thought of, okay, persuasive faith, but it's actually subterfuge. It's actually apologetics is what it is. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so, uh, and, and it's a fairly advanced course in one sense. We cover a lot of advanced material. Uh, some of my, some of the people gone through it felt like for the year they were drinking out of a fire hose. Uh, but we just cover just a ton of material in philosophy and science and history, the life of Christ, the resurrection, uh, just just a ton of different subjects related to why the Christian faith is credible. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. So hang on just a second. So is Hector a grown dog now? You know, I looked that up. <laughs> I was listening the whole time. I promise. <laughs> I looked that up one time to figure out who Hector was, and there's actually a story behind that, but okay. I forget what it was. I got to go read that. Thank, thank yeah. you. <laughs> That's the best news of the podcast. But so I far. certainly dated myself. <laughs> I, I didn't want that elf in the room the whole podcast. It won't be the only dating of myself I do. <laughs> so, yeah. Rick, help us out a little bit, because um, one of the reasons we decided this was an important class is because so many believers from our vantage point lacked this skill. Um had not given themselves to training and a lot of churches were not even offering it. So, but what do you say to someone who is listening right now and they know we've offered this before and they're, they hear you say advanced and apologetics and persuasive and all these things. And they're like, that is not, I'm not an academic. I'm not an intellectual. Um, I, I wouldn't be a good fit in there. How do you respond to try to help convince them a little bit? Well, this week, 
I listened for about the fourth time to J.P. Moreland's talk on uh, loving God with all your mind. And uh, I, you know, not all Christians, like, like you say, not all, not all Christians are designed by God to, to be, you know, brilliant students and that sort of thing. But I think every Christian needs to be developing their mind yeah. and loving God with their mind. So I've had a number of people who have expressed that once they've got in the class, boy, this is challenging. This is not the way I normally function. But at the end of the year, I have turned in an evaluation sheet. I've yet to have an evaluation sheet that the, that the individuals didn't say this is a good class. I'm glad I took it. Yeah. So, yeah, it will be challenging. Yeah. But we need this stuff. Right. We live in an increasingly pagan world and a world that just cannot comprehend why anybody would be a Christian. Mm-hmm. And uh, and people's kids are going to come home from school with questions. If they've not prepared, they, they're not going to be able to answer. So... Uh, uh, and friends and neighbors are going to ask questions. And I, we don't only teach the material. I don't only teach the material, but I also give them tons of resources so they know where to go. So most lessons, the first slide up on the projector, up on the screen, is a list of resources they can go to down the road when these questions hit them and they don't have an answer. You know, they're going to, they go back to their notes and go, well, here's, here's a book that's on the subject that's written at my level that I can read and get answers to. So has your experience been that, that most people who profess Christ either assume a lot of those things, assume that they know them or know enough about them, or is it just totally foreign material as you walk through it? Uh, no, it's not totally foreign. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, I don't know how many questions we answer over the course of the year, but it's gotta be several hundred. And I think everybody's experienced some of those questions. And then there are other ones that I bring up and address that I'm sure some of them have never realized somebody's raising that question. You know, like one of the questions we answered this morning was, did Paul believe in the physical resurrection? You know, well, most Christians probably assume, well, yeah, obviously Paul believed in physical. But that's actually a question in some people's minds. And some theologians and skeptics say, no, Paul didn't believe in a physical resurrection. And they point to a couple passages in Corinthians and say, you know. So there are questions like that we raise that probably most Christians never thought about. Yeah. And then there are other ones, you know, did God create the heavens and the earth? Which, you know, is everybody's faced that question at some yeah. point. Yeah. So you've been doing this for... Five years? Yeah, we're finishing the fifth year. Finishing the fifth year. So we've taken a bunch of people through that, but what are a handful of benefits that just God's done in your life as you've studied uh, and been into teaching this material um, of apologetics? I think it has deeply enhanced my worship. Hmm. we just we spend so much time talking about God and what God is like and what God is doing and what God has done that uh, I think the, the strongest benefit I've felt is just how much more awestruck I am with God. He is just, if I can use the vernacular, and I'm probably dating myself here, but 
he is really cool. <laughs> he is really cool. Now, is that from, uh, are you, does the scientific kind of discovery, some of those areas, is that what really? That philosophy, um, I've been, do, I've been thinking about reading about and engaged in apologetics for 50 years. Okay. So when I was a young adult, I was, you know, uh, I was trying to figure out how to share Christ with people and that sort of thing. Uh, but, uh, the, the, uh, information that's available, the resources that are available to us in apologetics and, and, uh, progress that has been made in that area just in the last 20 years or so is just phenomenal. The whole field of philosophy has shifted in the last 40 or 50 years. And so, I mean, philosophy, when I was a young adult, you just wrote off philosophy, uh, you know, and just, you know, so it's that area like you talked yeah. talking about earlier, you know, you just, if, if you're doing that, you're crazy, you know. Uh, but there's just been such progress made uh, with, uh, with, in the area of philosophy, in the area of science, uh, just the, the evidences that are coming to us, that are resources that are available to us now in the field of science and scientific discovery are just thrilling. Mm-hmm. I love teaching the science module. I'm not a scientist at all, but it's just such exciting stuff. Uh, history, the progress has been made in what we know historically, and the progress has been made in the validating of the credibility of the Gospels just in the last 20 years by scholars. It's just, so it's a very exciting time to be teaching politics, and it's really shifted, it's changed since I was doing it as a young adult, you know, in my 20s or whatever. You know, what I, what's really encouraging when I hear you talk about that is, you know, because we do, I mean, I don't think there's any getting around it. You hear apologetics and you think academ- academic, intellectual, heady, and this kind of stuff, but you walked us through worship, you walked us through ministry and evangelism, and when you talk about the Christian life, it doesn't get much more practical every day than those three things. Mm-hmm. And so, and uh, just a word for our listeners on this too, uh, who may not know you uh, and your background. So you are a layman in the church, a painter, craftsman by trade, who's given his time, effort, commitment to study this and be able to do this. So this isn't, you know, we, we didn't bring in some... Uh, PhD ringer. I mean, this is someone who's studied and paid a price and can now disciple others in this area, which is one of our favorite parts about this is someone who lives not cloistered in an academic tower, but everyday life with everyday people. And that's a that's a huge deal. One last question for Rick, unless you got anything. So Rick, would there be any resources that you could point people to that maybe they're interested, nervous, want to dip their toe in, maybe some accessible books that you guys work through that they could they could take a look at? Yeah, I hand out a <laughs> I hand out a bibliography the first day of class with about a hundred books on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, any favorites? Yeah, about forty. <laughs> uh, there, I there, just want two. Right? If somebody <laughs> wants a a really good resource, so that anytime they get hit by a, a question about the credibility of Christian faith on any subject, and they want some resource on it. Uh, Geisler's uh, Baker's Encyclopedia of Christian Apologetics mm-hmm. is a tremendous resource. I don't even know how I got my copy. I think my daughter dumped it on me somehow when she was moving or something, <laughs> but I got it. And then yeah. I realized, wow, this is quite a resource. Uh, 
But uh, that's great. John Lennox has produced uh, some tremendous stuff. Uh, he's a professor of mathematics and philosophy from Oxford. Uh, uh, and there's been a lot of good stuff out of bio. There's a ton of good stuff on the internet, on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. You can sit down and watch. Yeah. Uh, Craig, Moreland, uh, just, there's just a yeah. ton of it out there. If somebody uh, would like to really get uh, get a list of some good resources, they could contact me, and I can and I can get them a copy of my book. I've got the bibliography, and I've rated them. Yeah, easy, easy, medium, and hard. So you know, people but, can. But you got to hold on to that so they take the class. Oh no, I'll <laughs> give. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to anybody. I mean, <laughs> That's great. there there are a lot of people who can't take a class because they're teaching. Yeah, right? yeah sure. So. Uh, you know, I'll I'll help anybody I can. I mean, it's a matter of getting the gospel out and and equipping our kids. So yeah, yeah, it's awesome. awesome. Well, thanks, Rick. Yeah. John John Costarud. So you're leading a class about marriage. about marriage. What's the title of the class? It's just our marriage. Class. Foundations Found for marriage. Foundations for marriage. So John would know. You know, it actually had a formal title. It's the marriage class. Everybody the marriage class. Yeah. The one year marriage class. So John and your wife Stephanie, I assume, helps you out there. Yeah. And uh, Brian and Kim Shaw. Brian and Kim Shaw. Yeah. Two couples. So tell us a little bit about what you guys work through in that class. Oh uh, well, we start off with with several book and video series okay. that we go through. Uh, when sinners say I do, sacred marriage, love and respect, the five love language uh, we're doing right now, God on sex, and we're actually doing um, kind of biblical foundation of money. All right. Okay. So uh, there's several things that we go through there. I don't know if you'd say sex on the podcast. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. Well, it is part of marriage. Well, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll beep it during the to editing. <laughs> well, those are great. Those are great resources. I just referenced. I was having a conversation with a uh, uh, guy the other day about marriage, and he, we were. Just, I was just kind of asking how's it going. They've been married, you know, not long, and and so I referenced. Um, the love languages and love and respect is two touchstones. Sacred marriage really, really and when sinners say I do, I think are pretty good. When sinners say, oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But those are two that specifically Emily and I uh, noticed a, a big growth in our communication working through those resources. Um, so, John, why do you why do you like that class? Why do you teach that class? Well, I mean, it's pretty practical. There, in in marriage, you go through seasons of life where the communication is not as strong, stressors come in. And it's just a way of fine-tuning your marriage. But for Stephanie and I, it, it comes ever so to the heart. We both come from broken homes and mm -hmm. never had a foundation to see what a marriage or a good marriage should be like. Mm -hmm. So we have to constantly refocus. Um, like I said, we, we don't have anything to go by. Mm -hmm. So we have to find what is what is a godly marriage What's it look like? What is it, you know, because uh, I mean, literally we could say in both of our homes, as far as where we were raised, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, grandparents, all the way up, all of them are plagued with divorce. We're the only two in both of our families that have never experienced divorce. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's a hard thing for things. Yeah. So you're getting ready to start your second year of leading and facilitating this group, but you, two years. That's right. So you, now we're you, about to you've taken it and, uh, as well, so you've been a participant. So, what are you know, kind of a similar question to that we asked Rick earlier? Just what are some benefits that you have seen personally um, that would be kind of like if you were selling this to someone? Like, hey, you need to take this class. Here's personally how it helped me and Stephanie. What are some? What are a couple of things that are just real practical benefits that probably every marriage experiences that you guys really benefited as you took it and led this? Well, I mean, 
number one, whether you're a newlywed or you've been married 50 years, there's just times where you know what you're supposed to do, but it's good to go back through the practical. I mean, I like one of the things that stood out this year that kind of that a lot of us thought it, it was in a book is that we marry someone hoping that they'll love us. And you have that infatuation period. And after that is gone from there, that's where the marriage really starts. Mm -hmm. And now marriage teaches you to love. Mm -hmm. And you're really pretty much in a laboratory the rest of the time <laughs> learning how to love. Mm -hmm. The warts are there. The, the, you know, the idiosyncrasies of life that just come in to just irritate you. You know, you're doing laundry and going to work day in, day out. It's just helping you remember that you guys are there for the long haul and that to, to love each other. And, and that you are a representation of, of church, of, of Christ and his church. Yeah. The sacrificial love for the for the husband and the and the submission of the church to. So that is that's you are a representation of the gospel. Yeah. Especially for our kids today. How are they to learn to love? How are they learned? You know, it's got to be through that marriage. Yeah. So to people who may be listening and they haven't pulled the trigger, uh, they know they probably ought to jump in this class, but they're not sure if it's for them. So who give us a, this, this, I'm going to give you a softball here to set this one up. Who is the profile uh, of who should take the marriage class? Anyone married. There you go. There you go. Give, give us real quick some of the demographics. Oh, goodness. Uh, in our class, I think we have a couple that's been married 40 years and we've got two or three newlyweds and all in between. Yeah. I've been married for 24 years, Brian and Kim, 23 years. Uh, but it's great to see the different seasons, to see a newlywed couple and them oohing and on and they're still in that infatuation period. It's kind of good for the older people to see, hey, we were there way when, when, how can we get back to that? Yeah. Right. Uh, at the same time, they're asking questions because they're talking about how do, how do we get a budget together? How, you know, we're having some issues with in-laws. So yeah. there's a lot of discussion of all the issues that come along with, with uh, they come in marriage. So, yeah, as, you, as you were talking about not having examples and some of those things, I would assume relationships a big part of, oh. of the dynamic in your group. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we do a lot of, uh, actually, I think we've had three or four just get away and parties at someone's house yeah. and just uh, fellowships. Yeah. So you get to know each other. Uh, Stephanie and I and Brian and Kim separately have taken couples out to dinner to get to know them more on a personal level. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of opens up the, the communication in yeah. class and get to know each other. It's all about relationships. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. You ever show the, uh, it's not the nail video. Oh yeah. <laughs> we, we've actually showed that it's not the nail. That's, that's, that's one right. Of favorites. You definitely need to ref you need to watch that if you haven't. Yeah, they need to be <laughs> not heard of this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all right. yeah, you have to look that up. You'll enjoy it. It's not yeah. the nail. Okay, the I remember nail. that. So, uh, John, you guys have been this would be your, your start your second year here in August right. uh, of doing this. And so, what are some uh, like I know you visit with people. What are some ways that the, the class has impacted them positively? What are what are some ways that you've seen uh, couples grow as they've gone through this? Um, especially for the younger ones, they are really realizing that there's some uh, hurdles that they're going to have to go through later on in life. You, know, you kind of go in blindly and not realize, and then they start hearing of, here's some of the issues. So that has been big to some of the younger ones. Some of the older ones, you just, I want to say older, not older people, but older marriages, it's just more of remembering 
Why did we get married? And what? How can we make this better in uh, in life? So, uh, you know, one of the t- testimony—I don't testimony is a good word, I guess—that I've heard talking, you know, at different times to people who've gone through the marriage class has been they didn't realize how much uh, marriage changes uh, during different transitions and seasons of life. You know, so just to give a little bit of background, when we started this class, I met with the original group of teachers that started it 12, 15 years ago. Our goal was we had so many young people coming that this would be a premarital class and kind of a first year of marriage class. And when we offered it, the first people that wanted to take it were people that had been married 30 and 35 years. And what they were telling us was kids growing up, kids leaving the house, retirement, all of those things were like, uh, variables on marriage that were that were great opportunities and potential problems uh, that they hadn't really considered. And so it ends up being just like you described, this great demographic, all ages. Uh, and it reminds us, you know, that marriage, man, it's, it's, it's one of the greatest gifts God gives us. And at the same time, a good marriage never just happens. Well, and, and after the honeymoon area, I mean, after that, you ask somebody what's been the toughest season, it's usually the one they're in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, I would say the toughest one for us, we're just now new empty nesters. That has been the toughest one. But of course, at one time, the toughest was teenagers, you know, just depending on what was going on. Yeah. Kurtz and I would really wish that you older guys would quit doing this to us because we really think it's supposed to just ease off and get a lot easier. And and, and, then y'all keep telling us the next one's just as hard. So it's another mile. It's easier. When yeah. one of you puts the other in the casket. Unintentional. John, I don't want to teach you how to lead your class. I wouldn't I lead with what Rick just said. There's a reason you guys teach. You, teach that. <laughs> but you are leaving the legacy. That's right. You are leaving yeah, the legacy. Definitely. And we've actually in the class have went through several different things of people losing parents and right. everything. And so just watching their parents go through, as you said, putting one in the casket. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I love how both you guys have connected with this with the gospel and with example and thinking about the people who are following and coming behind. I mean, that's such we, we've talked about this so much, but it's one of the most beautiful parts of a multi-generational church. I mean, the marriage class would really not be what it needs to be if everyone in there was in the same season of life. Right. Uh, to be able to have these different ones in there is great. I'll, I'll even add one other thing. Yeah. I'm about to marry off my daughter. So yeah. here right. we are. We're talking to them of things we've learned in the marriage sure. class, and of course, they're still do goo goo eyes. So right. They, they're they don't. I can't talk to them until after that. <laughs> 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 All right. So the last class we're going to talk about today is about discipleship. So give us the right title. Yeah. So it's growing in your devotion to Christ, and it's led by Doug and Karen Wendell. And Doug is a navigator uh, by training, a, a parachurch ministry that that, that that focuses on discipleship. And, uh, and they have led this for several years now. And it, the core of this is to really just help people in these daily, regular habits and routines of life to, to learn how to walk with God better. So spending time in God's word every day, praying, uh, memorizing God's word, um, you know, worship, these types of things and learning how to do that, not only for themselves, but also in community uh, with one another. And then beyond that, how to Helps help someone who may not know how to do those things. Yeah. I learned how to, you know, help train them in, as well. Yeah. So, um, what's the demographic or the right the right person for that class, right? You know, it's it's interesting, and uh, so we sound like a broken record, but it's uh, 
you know, although I think the Bible gives us a good foundation for this, especially when you think about the Apostle Peter, you know, his letters are filled with the idea of like remind them of these things. And so the demographic is, I mean, if you're a new believer, uh, it'd be perfect. If you are a believer for some time, but you've never really learned these, or maybe you've heard about them, but you just, they never really took root in your life. And what you really need is not know-how as much as you need come alongside and people helping. That's great for you. And then I think we reach a point sometimes in our Christian life where even the disciplines lose a little bit of their joy. And so just kind of refocusing on those a little bit and doing it with other people uh, is, is, is a way to be really encouraged in these things. Yeah. yeah. So I would recommend it. Uh, you know, again, these are just, these classes are again, three areas that we picked and there's probably others we could have picked that needed a whole year of attention, but you know, not much more basic than learning to pray and read your Bibles. And that's going to last you the rest of your life. And, you know, again, practical for parenting, practical for ministry outside the church in the church. Apologetics, man, we're just, I think Rick said it great while ago. Like we are, we are surrounded by a pagan culture and there is no neutral. You know, I mean, it's not like a pagan culture that really doesn't care if we're Christians. I mean, they very much care that we're Christians and don't want that to flourish. Uh, and then marriage, I mean, Legally, it's been redefined uh, in our country. It's it's always being challenged. But part of what we can do as a church is not only say, no, we disagree with your view because the Bible says it's not right. But we can also, through training and equipping in, in this class, say we also want to present a really positive, flourishing look at what marriage really can be. That's right. Um, and so because of the testimony of the gospel. Yeah, so that's right. All right. We appreciate you men and all the time you invest and all that you've done uh, to, to invest in others in our church and uh, how the Lord's using you. So new classes start August 25th. August and 25th. so if they have any questions, they can certainly come to me or you or come talk to these guys directly. Rick or John. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll catch you next time on TBC Equipped. Thanks, fellas.